to, um, to the book of Jeremiah. So, so everybody open to Jeremiah chapter 17, if you will please, um, Jeremiah chapter 17, amen. Um, and then I'm going to do a little bit of review, and then I'm going to join you in Jeremiah 17. But you go ahead and find Jeremiah chapter 17, amen. And uh, I'm going to put our theme verse over these last several weeks up on the screen this morning. It is um, from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The literal translation of this sheds as much light on any verse I have ever... You know, sometimes you, know, you need a different translation to really grasp what it is that God's trying to say to you through a verse and the literal translation of this verse reads this way but those expecting jehovah pass to power they raise up the pinion as eagles they run and are not fatigued they go on and do not faint so notice wait doesn't mean sit around twiddle your thumbs but wait means expect those who expect jehovah what happens to those people they pass to power they get out beyond what they're able to accomplish in their own ability and step over into and tap into the power of God. And so the questions that we've been asking uh, are some like these. Are you including God and His Word in your imagined outcomes, or are you expecting to be disappointed? The Lord spoke to me several weeks back. He said, far too many of my people are expecting to be disappointed. They're expecting disappointment. They're expecting things to continue to get worse. They're expecting things to turn out in a negative way. You know, we we have this saying, and it's not a Bible verse, but we have this saying, you know, expect the best but prepare for the worst. That's just a really elaborate way of saying expect the worst. How about prepare for the best? If you're expecting the best, then prepare for the best. And if things don't, don't turn out as you, you know, we're expecting them to turn out, the Lord will teach you and you'll move on from there and you're going to win. Because remember, as a child of God, you're winning even if it doesn't look like you are, you're winning. Amen. So are you including God and His Word in your imagined outcomes or are you expecting to be disappointed? Now I know I got you in Jeremiah. Let me give you one more verse. This one's out of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 so he answered and said to me this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what the power that works in us Now, in the last uh, couple of times that I have uh, been with you on Sunday mornings, speaking to you on Sunday mornings, we we have developed this New Testament truth that the power of God now dwells and resides within us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. He now lives in you. And so last Sunday, the, the title of the sermon was the power within and the power upon. And we looked briefly, but we spent some time on that subject, how the Spirit of God within you is one thing, 
But then when the Spirit of God inside of you rises up from within you and settles upon you. And so we see that He is within you for your benefit. He is upon you for the benefit of someone else. Because when He comes upon you, this is when you've passed to power. So we see this, this, this truth concept in the Old Testament about expecting Jehovah and passing to power, to, to step over into a power that's greater than your own ability. It's the same truth in the New Testament. The main difference, though, is when we expect Jehovah as sons and daughters of Jehovah, we pass to power by the power that's already inside of us coming forth from us. Now, we ended last Sunday morning talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and um, I had every intentions of traveling and continuing down that pathway, certainly worthy of our time. But maybe later, I don't know, but there's some other things that are connected to this that the Holy Spirit's breathing on, and so that's the, um, that's the course we're going to take. I mean, we're going to be led by the Spirit this morning. Amen? You still with me? Now, I want to talk to you today, and maybe we will continue this. We'll see. I want to talk to you this morning about learning to trust God and His power. Learning to trust God and His power. I'm going to say it one more time. Learning to trust God and His power. The Holy Spirit asked us a very pointed question last Sunday morning. I'm going to ask it to you again, right? Do you desire the power of God in your life? We've established clearly that we need the power of God. That's obvious. But it's, it's not a question or a matter of if we need the power. The question is, do you desire the power of God in your life? And I know that it almost sounds like, you know, one of those no-brainer type of questions. Absolutely, we desire the power of God. But listen to me. I've met a lot of born-again believers. They do not desire the power of God in their life. They do not desire the power of God in their church services because they're afraid of the power of God. And one of the reasons they're afraid of the power of God is because if, if you're going to experience the power of God in your life, you're going to have to relinquish control. You're going to have to trust Him. You're going to have to yield to Him. You're going to have to surrender to Him. You see, as long as you are um, in control, as long as you're calling the shots, as long as you're determining what happens next to the best of your ability, making your life up as you go along, well, guess what? You, you haven't passed over into the power of God. When you pass over into the power of God, you have to get out beyond what you can do. But listen to me, you also have to get out beyond what you can control. So notice when we're learning to trust God, I could just simply title this learning to trust God, but the, the, the factor here is learning to trust God and His power because there are a lot of people who will tell you that they trust God, but they're not interested in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're not interested in speaking in an unknown tongue. They're not interested in the other eight gifts of the Spirit operating in and through their lives, operating uh, in, in their uh, services and, and, and times of assembly together. Amen. So when we talk about learning to trust God, it, we've come to a place in the body of Christ to where we have to include and His power. You know if you can trust God, you can trust His power. You can't trust God and not trust His power. But see, that's what a lot of people are trying to do. They're trying to talk about how much they trust God, but they're not interested in having His power in their life. And so they have a form of godliness, but they're what? They're denying the power of God. They're denying that 
power. Now, let's, let's go, praise God, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 5. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 5. All right? You see, if you only expect what you can produce or what you can control, you'll never pass into the power of God. If you only expect what you can produce or what you can control, guess who you've put your trust in. Trust is not in God if, if, you, if you only expect what you can produce or what you can control, right? And so notice what he says about this in Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning at verse number 5. Thus says the Lord... So this is God speaking to you and me. He's wanting to, to uh, reveal something to us that we may have been blinded to, that we may be ignorant of, that we may be deceived about. So this is what the Lord is saying to us. He says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Now, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but the Bible is very clear that you are going to, I am going to serve somebody. Now, there are people who have tried and tried and tried to get out from under that. They've tried to get away from that. Nobody's the boss of me. I do whatever I want to do. Have you noticed the more we try to live independently from God, the more dependent we become on other things? The more we say, I'm not going to depend on you, God, the more dependent we become on things like money. Things like the approval of other people. The more dependent we become and, 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 and the more we require the, the glory of men and other people to recognize us and honor us and prosper us. Because see, the reality of it is this. You, 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 you can't have it both ways. You, you can't serve two masters. Jesus said it this way. And so a lot of people say, well... If I can't serve two masters, I'm, I'm not going to serve any master. Wrong again. You can't serve two and you can't serve none. <laughs> You're going to serve one. Now, Jesus expounded upon this. And we, as, as, as this series unfolds, as, as, as we talk more about this, let me just say it that way, okay? Um, we'll get over into what Jesus expounded upon. But do you see what he's saying here? If you put your trust in man and make flesh your strength, Notice what is your heart doing? Your heart's departing from the Lord. You can't trust in other people and in God at the same time. You're going to serve one and despise the other, or you're going to despise the one and, and love the other. You, it, it can't be both ways. Let me, let me, it, do you understand the concept of a spectrum or a sliding scale? I'm going to use that analogy a couple of times, okay? We find this in the book of Philippians. I believe it's the third chapter. It says it this way. To whatever degree you have attained, live by that same rule. So the idea of degrees or increments. So when we talk about a sliding scale, you do understand that there are people in this room who trust God more than you. And there are people in this room who may not trust God as much as you. That's not about judging. That's why the Bible says we shouldn't compare ourselves to one another. But the idea that we all trust God equally, obviously, is not accurate. So when I say there is a sliding scale, right, um, in other words, the more you trust in the Lord, the less trust and confidence you have in the flesh. The more you trust in the flesh, the more you trust in other people, the less you trust in God. So it's, it's, a, it's a sliding scale. 
Obviously, we're wanting to move further and further towards trusting in God more and more and more and in mankind less and less and less and less. Now, there's one, there's one thing here, though, that, that you need to be aware of. And, and this, is, this is one of those things that we, we often allow the enemy to deceive us about, okay? And so, cursed is the man who trusts in man, right? Guess what? If you put your trust in yourself, you are a man, either a man or a man with a womb, a woo-man, right? Mankind. In other words, this is male or female, okay? So if, if you have put your trust in yourself, see, that's where a lot of people try to, you know, do an end around. They try to skirt around this verse. They say, well, I, I, don't, I don't trust in other people. I only trust in myself. Guess what? You're a man. You, you can even say it this way. Even more cursed is a person who trusts in themselves. It's not that you're exempt if you think you've only put your trust in yourself. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because there are, there are some people on this earth that can actually help you. But our confidence and our trust should not be in them. Ultimately, our confidence and our trust should be in God. I am so thankful for doctors. It's a calling it's a calling. And good doctors recognize that they're not the healer. That they are an instrument in the hands of the capital T healer, capital H. Amen. Amen. I've heard him teach on this before, but uh, Brother Keith Moore at the Southwest Believers Convention this week, he was talking about years ago when he, 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 he said, he would often say like when some blessing would come into his life, he would say, that came from an unexpected source. That came from an unexpected source. And he said, finally one day the Lord told him, he said, Keith, there's only one source. There may be many channels, but there's only one source. God is the source of every good thing in your life. Now, he may bring healing through an unexpected channel. Amen. So this is why ultimately our trust should be in Him. Our confidence should be in Him and in His ability. Even if there are other people involved in in supplying, if God is using other people as a channel to, to help us, amen, so do you see why if we say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't trust in anybody else, I only trust in myself, that man's not, not only cursed, that man's more cursed than, 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 than the other folks. Thank you for that one amen. I, I needed it bad. I needed it really bad in that moment. Praise God. All right. So thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parts places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. I'm not going to take the time this morning to break all this down, but obviously this is not the life that God created you and me to live. This, this is not what he wanted for us. Separate, isolated, parched, dry, can't see good when it comes. Man, that one right there, it, I can't tell you how that grips my heart. Can't see good when it comes. Why is that? Well, it, it's pretty simple. 
If you've put your trust in yourself, if you've put your trust in other people, that's who you're looking to. If you're focused on yourself, if you're focused on other people, you're not going to be focused on God, and therefore you're going to miss out on the good that God wants to do in your life and bring into your life. It's just a matter of focus. How about this, though? This is us, amen? Verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. That word hope there means expectation. Hope is a confident expectation for something good, some future good. So notice, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. So the more we trust in God, the more expectations, the more hope we have in Him. Are you seeing the connection here? Remember our our anchor verse for all of this, those who expect Jehovah passed to power. So blessed is the man, not cursed, blessed is the man, who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. A lot of preaching and teaching to do here. There's something I really want to try to get to this morning, but let me just make a couple of comments here, all right? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Notice what this man or woman's life is going to look like. It's going to look like a tree planted by the waters. Deep roots by the river. Will not fear when heat comes. Leaf will be green. Will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Now, the one thing, before we move on to some other stuff, the one thing I want you to see here is that so many of God's people are anxious in a year of plenty. Are you, are you seeing this? Anxious, worried, troubled, stressed out with money in the bank. Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you following this? See, that is a very good indication that they're not, their, their trust is not in the Lord. Because if you put your trust in money, are you following me? See, if you put your trust in money, you'll be anxious even when you got some. Because, you know, I mean, what if something happens and what if I lose my money or what if I lose my job or what if this or that and all of a sudden the source of my income dries up. See, we need to figure out who the source of our income really is. Amen? So, he's talking about people anxious. He says that if, if your trust is in the Lord and, and your hope is in Him, not only will you not be anxious in a year of plenty, you won't be anxious when the drought actually comes, when the heat is on, when the pressure's being applied, when things are turning downward. Not only will you not be afraid, not only will you not be anxious, you will continue to yield fruit when nobody else is. You will continue to grow, you will continue to increase, you will continue to prosper, you will continue to be fruitful.
Remember when everybody thought when the calendar changed to 2021, COVID was going to go away? Everybody thought, man, I'm so glad we got 2020 behind us. Right? Well, okay. You do realize that the challenges that we were facing in 2020 still are present in 2021. Praise the name of the living God. Let's talk about what it means real quick. Let's talk about what it means to be cursed. See, you, you be in here this morning not believe a whole lot about Jesus, God, or the Bible, but you don't want to be cursed. You want to be blessed. Cursed here from the Hebrew, listen, it means bound as if with a spell. Hemmed in with obstacles rendered powerless to resist. Bound as if with a spell. Hemmed in with obstacles rendered powerless to resist. Now, the word bound, let me break that one down for you. Again, from the Hebrew, bound here is speaking of an invisible force or an invisible barrier that you can't get past. In other words, it's, it's like you keep hitting a wall that you can't see. It's like, it's, it's like you can only go so far, but you can't get past it. It's because if you're going to get past it, you're going to have to start expecting Jehovah. And if you're going to expect Jehovah, you're going to have to learn how to trust Jehovah God. Because those who expect Jehovah pass to power. Let me tell you what that wall is. You're hitting the limits of what man can do. You're, you're hitting the limit of what a life trusting in man can produce. And see, we know that we were created to live on a level higher than what we're experiencing right now. We know that we were meant to, to have things that we can't earn or buy or work hard enough to, to obtain. We, we, these things are hardwired into us. We were created to live on a level we cannot get to by ourselves. So how do we get there, Pastor Mark? You've got to trust God. You've got to trust His power to take you there. Now let me, let me try to get into some of this real quick. We were not designed, let me just lay some, some, some uh, foundation this morning. We were not designed to function independently. God created us to be dependent upon Him. You were created by God to be dependent upon God. So again, we were created to live on a level we cannot get to on our own. This means we must trust God and receive help from Him if we're ever going to get there. Now, I want to drag a little bit from Wednesday's sermon into this morning. And I know, thank you for those of you who are here. This will be a review. I'll water it for you. Others, I'm going to plant some seeds here. The title of that sermon is Why Ask? Why Ask? Because what we see in Scripture is, number one, Jesus says in Matthew, the fifth chapter, Father knows what you need before you ask, which would almost leave you with the impression there's no need to ask. Yet, in the sixth chapter, he says, ask. Father knows what you need, but we need to ask. Why? Why ask? Why is asking so important? Well, 
I want you to consider for a moment your desire, ability, and need to trust something or someone outside of ourselves. Think about that for a minute now. We, we can try to deny it. We can try to say that doesn't apply to me. We can try to live our lives like that shrub in the desert, isolated from everybody else, don't need anybody, nobody needs me, blah, blah, blah. But we all know inside of ourselves that that's not true. We have a desire. We have an ability. But we also have a need to trust something or someone outside of ourselves. Our need to trust and depend on someone other than ourselves is something that Father God put inside of us. In other words, let me, and I'm going to get off of Wednesday and get back on Sunday, amen. But the fact that we have needs and desires, remember God said, delight yourself in Him and He will give you the desires of your heart. We have both needs and desires, amen. And God created us with needs and desires so that we would ultimately discover Him as the source for our needs and our desires. God could have fixed it to where every time you needed something, it just showed up in your life. He could have fixed it so that every time you wanted something, it just showed up in your life. But guess what? You would have missed the most important thing. Him. So you got to ask. And what Father's hoping is that while you're asking you might like keep on listening to him and learn something about him. That you would actually have to go to him to get what you need from him. That you would actually go to him and, and, and get what you desire from him. It, 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 is, it, is a, it is a God thing for you to want things that you do not have money in the bank right now to purchase. There are a lot of people who become very frustrated by that. Listen to me. If you will quit putting your trust in yourself, if you will quit putting your trust in other people, if you will quit viewing the job that you have right now as your source and step on beyond and realize that your Father in Heaven is your source and you may not have the money to pay for it, but He certainly has the ability to bless you with it. So here's the question. Are you ready? The question is not, will I trust, but in what or whom will I trust? It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of what or whom. Are you following me? Do you you understand what I mean by that? We have a desire, we have an ability, but we also have a need. We were not created to function independently. I've already mentioned this once, but I'm going to go back to it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The more we try to live our lives without being dependent upon God, the more dependent we become on other things. I think it was Bob Dylan who wrote the song, You're Going to Serve Somebody. When our brother got born again. And of course, again, that's taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You're going to serve somebody. But I want you to consider it this way, okay? You are going to serve somebody because you were created to trust somebody. That's why you're going to serve somebody. It's because you were created by God to trust. Now, think about this. 
Our need to trust and depend on someone other than ourselves makes us vulnerable to trusting in the wrong things. This is something the devil tries to take advantage of relentlessly in our lives. Now, I'm running out of time, so let me try to cut to just some things I want us to consider and take with us this morning, okay? I told the class, I've never, I've never quite said it this way. Um, I think it was Thursday morning. <clears throat> um, if you go to a really good restaurant, um, you normally get a to-go box, right? What, what does that mean? It means you eat while you're there, but then you carry some home with you to eat later. Now, if I want Sister Pam to know that I said this, I'll tell her myself, okay? But, um, but she's the leftover eater in our house. I, I, I really, I, you know, I just, amen. John Mark, how, what's my favorite comment about uh, food? If I really like something, what do I say it is? It's fresh. Amen. I like it fresh. I like it fresh. Amen. Am I the only one? I like it fresh. Amen. I'm not bragging. I'm bragging on the Lord. I'm bragging on me. I, I came to the pulpit this morning with, let me see, just, just in this slide deck, 190 slides, 190 different points and Bible verses. I'm not, again, I could preach 15 sermons this morning. It's, it's, it's not that. What I'm interested in is the one that's fresh. Is the one the Lord is, is wanting to, um, to say to us this morning. Praise God. But how many of you know when, when, you, when you come to a, a, a service like this, you, you need to take some home with you. Right? Something you can chew on later today maybe tomorrow amen all right so let me give you a little bit for the go box can we do that just right quick amen learning to trust god is one of the great themes and most important lessons of the bible trust is learned trust is learned Now, we can choose to trust, and, and, and that's, that's where it has to begin, okay? But if you're going to be a man or a woman who, who genuinely and truly trusts the Lord, remember what the, 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 the admonition in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with part of your heart, some of your heart, most of your heart. Come on, shout out at me. All, all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and what? He'll direct your path. Now that's, that's where we're all headed, right? But see, you don't trust in the Lord with all your heart just because you say, okay, I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart. Why do we trust? Let's, let's reverse it. Why do we put so much trust and confidence in, in ourselves, in other people? It's because that's what we've learned. And if you think about it, and just naturally speaking in your own life, you've learned throughout the course of your life who you can trust and who you can't. And there's probably not a person listening to me right now that at some point in your life you, you put your trust in someone you should not have put it in. 
and you learn from that experience, okay, I'm not going to be their judge, but I'm, I'm not going to hand them the bank deposit ever again. <laughs> you, you follow what I'm saying? So learning to trust God is one of the great themes and most important lessons of the Bible. The Bible's filled with people who learn to trust God. And you know what? It's also filled with people who never learned so that we can see the benefits of learning to trust Him and so that we can see the consequences of never learning to trust Him. So let's, let's, um, let's just stop right here. We'll end right here with this point right here. You ready? God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. Now, if you're born again, you're born again. Your name's already written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you're already seated together with Christ in heavenly places. It's sad to me, but so many times you start talking about where God's going to take you, people just think heaven or hell. I'm talking about where He can take you in life. I'm talking about His blessing and favor and, and His purpose and grace Um, You fulfilling your destiny, okay? God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. See, we we keep trying to put it on what God's able to do. (laughs) No, 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 that's not how this works, right? God is able to do all things. Nothing's impossible for Him. But when we talk about how far He can take you in life, He can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. He is trying to lead you to your promised land, and it takes trust on your part to follow him there. You know, that's why the first generation of Israelites, they came out of Egypt, but they never made it to their best life. Not because God wasn't able to get them there, it's because they never learned the lesson of trusting God and his power. They saw it, but they never learned trust. So what does this have to do? Stand with me this morning. Praise God. So what does this have to do with expectations and all that? We've already, we mentioned a little bit in the Jeremiah passage, but are you ready for it? Expectation is a leading indicator of trust. Expectation is a leading indicator of trust. By the way, thank you for praying about the Love Lady Center uh, ministry opportunity last Sunday night. It went fabulously. Um, their their, their uh, facility is the old East End Hospital. Some of you may remember that. Um, our dear friends, uh, Tim and uh, Jeannie Dean, she's um, one of the directors there of that ministry. And um, she has a marvelous testimony. And here's the beautiful thing about it. Her office now is just feet away from where she was born. She was born in that hospital. And so their chapel is, if you can imagine like this a big wall behind me and a platform, and then maybe 10 feet in front of me, there's like three rows of chairs, and then it kind of spreads out this way. But then it goes up, and it's second floor, third floor. And so they're all... You know, Jackie Gam, when he ministers there, he calls it the Thunderdome, right? Because it's a big atrium, like what used to be the hospital. Amen. And so we had a we had a uh, a fabulous time there. So thank thank you for um, for praying with me. And there was some connection that I was going to make, but let me get back to finishing this thing. Oh, I know what it was. So you know, they were just like 
pulling the preach out of you. I mean, it's just, ugh. And so I would have to stop and let them, like, settle down so I could finish preaching. And so I said, any, any, I looked over to the leaders. I said, any of y'all watch soccer? You know, you know soccer. I said, you know how, like, at the end of a soccer match, they, the, the refs get together and they say, okay, we're going to give them some more time because there was penalties and all that stuff. See, I never understood about soccer. You know, I'm, I'm a football guy. And when the clock's over in football, it's over, right? You know it's not the case in soccer. Did, he, did you know that? I'm like, what's, what's bizarre? It's like, what do you mean? Because I'm thinking we won. I'm like, I, I'm like we, you know, John Martin got me interested in this. I'm like, we're, I'm cheering like we won. He goes, well, Dad, it's not over yet. What do you mean it's not over the clock? I said, well, they're going to put some more time on the clock because, you know, there was penalty and injury and this and all that, right? So, so I was like, I'm going to get some cheering time at the end. In other words, all this time I'm having to stop while y'all are cheering and, 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 all, and I'm not getting to, to speak, okay? All right. Expectation is a leading indicator of trust. So I had them stand up and then you know me like I'm doing right now. And so afterwards they came up to me and they said, Pastor Mark, we wanted to write some of that down, but you had us standing up. So we'll go over this again next week. But it, So you don't have to, amen. Indicator of trust. Expectation is a leading indicator of trust. What does that mean? The greater the trust, the greater the expectation. The more you trust someone, the more you expect them to do what they say. The opposite is also true. We expect more from those we trust and less from those we do not. Am I right about it? All right. So do you see the connection now? Those who expect Jehovah passed to power, blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord and whose hope, whose expectation is in the Lord. Amen. All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you this morning for this time together. Thank you for these beautiful men and women. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in their lives. Lord, thank you for this so important lesson, Father, learning to trust you. Father, take it off the back burner of our lives and bring it to the forefront by your Holy Spirit. Help us understand and help us participate and become aware in the Holy Spirit's efforts to teach us to trust you, Lord, as we travel, as we journey through life, just like you were trying to teach the the, the Israelites as you brought them out of Egypt to trust you, to trust you, Father. Teach us to trust you and to trust your power. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Again, thank you so much for being here this morning. You be-